Hello and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I'm Tim Moore, the Senior Evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries. And I'm Nathan Jones, Internet Evangelist here at Lamb and Lion. You know, each week we try to offer you encouragement by shining the light of God's Word into this dark age. We enthusiastically point people to our soon returning King, the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. And obviously we emphasize God's prophetic Word, which Peter says we do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises. Sadly though, most of the secular world and too many Christians who should know better are either encouraging or tolerating a rise in darkness. Our topic today is one that is growing increasingly troublesome because it is a scourge that grieves the heart of God and has been all too common throughout human history. I'm speaking of anti-Semitism. To help us counter the dangerous rise of anti-Semitism happening around the world today, we've invited our friend Olivia Melnick back to Christ in Prophecy. Thanks for joining us today, Olivier. It's good to be back. Thank you for having Hello, me. We're glad you are here. And we're also joined today by our good friend Dave Bowen, the pastor of Standing Stones Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, Dave for many years has had a tremendous Bible prophecy ministry called Interpreting the Times, and we're very glad that he has joined us as our teaching evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries as we interpret the signs. Dave, thank you for being here. I am so excited to be here, especially today with this topic being so important as it is. Well, it is tremendously important. And Olivier, we're here talking to you today because you've written a book called The Normalization of Anti-Semitism. And that title sounds very self-explanatory, but you've actually defined both of those words, normalization and anti-Semitism. So, for our viewers, tell us what those words mean. Well, uh, the, the, the way I define anti-Semitism is uh, it is, and it, 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 I had to, I, it, it's like a, a definition that keeps changing slightly on me because the way I'm, I'm, I'm studying what's going on. So uh, I've added two words lately, and the way, the way I define anti-Semitism is anti-Semitism is the irrational, satanic hatred of the Jewish people and of Israel mm. characterized by Thoughts, words, and deeds against them. And, and I had to add the word irrational and satanic. That's the one thing that most people, I've read a lot of books on the topic, that's the one thing that most people miss is the connection between anti-Semitism and Satan because it's a creation of Satan. Mm. Certainly it is. And you've talked about the normalization. I want you to define that as well. But I think it's important as you describe in your book that we understand the terms we use. Too often I'll ask someone, are you a believer? And they'll say, yes. And I think, oh, we're in common cause. We're both followers of Christ. But even the word believer, unless we agree on what that term means, may not uh, lend itself to any commonality. It, ha it happened to me years ago in uh, upstate New York when I was in line behind a, an Orthodox Jewish man and we started to talk and then I, I told him, oh, I'm a believer in, in, in God. Uh, oh, just say, I, I, I just said I'm a believer. He goes, I'm a believer too. And I'm going, oh, this is exciting. So I started talk talking about Yeshua, about Jesus, and he looked at me funny. And he told me, I meant I'm a believer in God. So that's what I, I really, that was a lesson for me. He's like, okay, def, define your terms because sometimes we talk and we're not even communicating. Right. Very so, true. Uh, yeah. And well, when you say antisemitism is uh, that the source of it is Satan, why is that different than any other hatred of any particular racial group? Why is Satan so back behind pushing anti Semitism in, in people too? I mean, it's not just demons coming in, but you see this 
just around the world, especially the UN, uh, Nakba Day. They want to, they've officialized the celebration yeah. of Nakba Day condemning that Israel was ever existed. And that's the highest echelons of our society. Nakba Day meaning the, uh, the disaster of losing Jerusalem to the Jewish people just the day, the, the, Yeah, the, the catastrophe, that's what right. it means in, uh, in Arabic, I believe. Uh, well, I think the, the reason why uh, uh, anti-Semitism is, is, is unique and, and, and why I, I connect it to Satan is because uh, Satan knows the Bible pretty well. Mm. He's read the, the book cover to cover and he knows that uh, uh, actually uh, most Christians don't even know that, that when the Jewish people call on Jesus at the end of the tribulation, he, Jesus comes back, and, and, and when they say, Baruch haba b'ashem Adonai, blessed is you, comes in the name of the Lord. So and at that point, and I've, I've said it to you guys before, Satan does not like his retirement plan. Mm. Okay, he doesn't like where he's going to go retire. He's not going to be the boss of hell. He's going to be one of the first ones thrown in the lake of fire, right. not to rule there, but to suffer just like everybody else thrown in there. Praise the mm. Lord. And uh, praise God. And, but, but he knows that that's happening when the Jewish people call upon Yeshua, Jesus. So he's, do, he's done for the last 2,000 years a very, very thorough job at turning the church against the Jews and turning Jewish people against Jesus. Mm. When you do those two things as well as he has, unfortunately, then it's becoming very, very difficult to share the, 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 the gospel of, uh, the, the message of the truth of Yeshua, of his death and resurrection with my people. Because uh, they, they, the whole world is, is going against the Jews and the Jewish people looking at Jesus and going like, anything but Jesus. Mm. And that was me before I became a believer. Give me anything Except but Jesus, because Jews don't believe in Jesus. You'd ask me why, I wouldn't know why. But going back to his point too, does that go back to Abraham in Genesis, because God chose Abraham and that becomes the Jewish race, and that's why Satan is so desperate against him, because the covenants that God made was with the Jewish people. Absolutely. I mean, of the eight covenants made uh, between God and mankind, yeah. five were made yeah. with the Jews, and four of those are unconditional. Yeah, except for Moses. So, uh, yeah, right. That's the one that's, uh, that's conditional. So uh, God chose the Jewish people not because we're better, not because we, uh, we are um, smarter, not because we're better looking. Of course, I'm the exception. Yeah, well, but, yeah. <laughs> Present company just excluded. Just joking, just <laughs> joking. Uh, but I just chose the Jewish people to, 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 to carry on this plan. And you have to think. You know, the very first book of the Bible, that always, it always gets me, 11 chapters on mankind, 39 chapters uh, on the Jewish people yes. in Genesis. Mm. Do you think God is trying to tell you, listen, I'm going to do something special with the Jewish people? I think it's important to build on that point. I mean, we take for granted that this is the Word of God, and we talk about the Jews as being the chosen people, but they weren't chosen, just as you said, Olivier, because they were better or more righteous or more worthy. No. As a matter of fact, God says He chose them and blessed them more than any other people on earth as a demonstration of His grace. In other words, His unmerited favor. I love what it says in Ezekiel. You can look in chapter 36 where the Lord actually calls out and says, I'm not going to even keep my promises to you for your sake because you don't deserve it. <clears throat> I'm going to do it for my name's sake. So That's even right. His determination to bless the Jews I just think is a great picture of His grace. He didn't choose any of us because we're better looking or, or more worthy, but because He chose to manifest His glory and His grace in our individual lives. And talk about being chosen, you made a, a good point in the book I really enjoyed. You called it Biblical Pagan Jealousy. What was that all about and how do you explain that? Oh, you mean the, 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 the different uh, steps <coughs> in uh, 
uh, in anti-Semitism. Yes. Yeah. Well, I look at the very first, the very first uh, at, the, at, at, at its inception, uh, anti-Semitism was not. First of all, the word didn't exist until the late 1800s, but uh, it was not really anything more than a pagan jealousy. Like uh, they're different. They're like you know we don't we don't believe the same. And then you know uh, the, then the Christians looked at the Jews going like well they believe this we believe that. So it was more like a, a theological anti-Judy. Uh, anti-Judaism, mm. not mm. anti-Semitism like we see it today. <clears throat> and then it became what it became uh, over the centuries. But it started as just a jealousy because these people are different. They have their own God. They do. The, they, they dress differently. They eat differently. They speak differently. And to this day, by the grace of God. With, with, would that go back to Abraham's time, even back then? Or how? When do you think that all started? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I look at Abraham as being the father of the Jewish nation, but not necessarily the first Jew. I would say the first Jew, you would have to go through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob okay. to, to, to start seeing, uh, defining who's Jewish, which could take another two weeks of discussing <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, because the Jewish people were meant to be set apart, different yes, and holy, right. so people look at them and say, hey, something's different <clears throat> about them. Yes. I need to know their God. But instead, as you said, with paganism, yeah. paganism, instead of turning towards it, became jealous of it and, and persecuted them. Right. So yeah. you could almost say that anti-Semitism is ancient. Yeah, but I'm it saying is. how far back to go. I mean, well, I mean, no king yeah. for Israel and so on and so forth. But you, 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 see, you mm -hmm. see traces of anti-Semitism in... Uh, in uh, in the book of Esther, obviously, and yeah. I actually, I, I I make a great parallel. Uh, I've studied this. There's a great parallel in the way Haman treated the Jews and the way Hitler treated the Jews. I yeah. mean, all the steps, they're all there. Uh, and uh, that's what demo. That, he he always do. does the same counterfeiting. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very much. Yeah. And the sad reality is, and not sad, but it, it's a glorious reality of God. But part of that jealousy is because the Jewish people have been a conduit of God's blessing. We wouldn't have the Bible if it weren't for Jewish authors. We wouldn't have God's Law, if he did not give it to the Jewish people, and obviously the Jewish Messiah. I was going to say, how about the Jewish Maybe, Messiah and his humanity? Great, right. Grift, greatest gift of all came right. through the Jewish people, right. and so they have been a conduit. I don't know if they've always realized that they were to act as a conduit of blessing to the rest of the world. No, I don't think the Jewish people, uh, the vast majority of Jewish people, know that. We, uh, first of all, you know, we uh, all those, you know. 85% of the Jewish people in the world today don't believe that Jesus is anything beyond just a, a mm. man who existed mm. and a teacher and maybe a prophet. Uh, but uh, uh, the Jewish people have been, uh, we, we've been blessed by God and, and, and it is only by the grace of God when you look at the history of, 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 of Jewish people, which I often say can be punctuated by acts of anti-Semitism, <clears throat> the whole history. I mean, mm -hmm. one after the other, uh, we should not exist today. No. If it was not, for the grace of God, and 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 the and the fact that again going back to what you said, He gave uh, the Jewish people the covenants, mm -hmm. and those unconditional covenants, I am so glad they were unconditional, mm -hmm. because yeah. if it was based on Israel's performance, we wouldn't be here. But it's based on God's character. His grace. Yeah. About what 14 to 18 million Jews in the world. When you think that the Jewish people <clears throat> can go back over 4,000 years almost. That there's only 12 to 14. Four, about 14 and a half million. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing. The, 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 Satan's been very successful at his anti Semitic. Yeah, but wiping them out and having them come back, and wiping them out and having them come back. Yeah. And just returning back from Israel, the, the sad part as a, as a Gentile, as an evangelist, the Holy Land's not holy. It's only about 2% Christian. You know, so yeah. Jesus then, yeah. needs to be. And then, depending, depending where you go in Israel, there's some places that are definitely not holy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, many of our viewers today, I think Olivier would say, well, I'm not anti Semitic. I mean, obviously, I, I love the Jews. That's what God commands us to do. And so they would never embrace outright anti Semitism. But you 
have described in your book how insidious mm. this attitude can be. And even if it's not overt or outright, you make a point that anti-Semitism can be expressed as antagonism toward the Jewish people or in animosity toward Israel as the mm. Jewish state. So you call it the stages of anti-Semitism. What are some of those stages that would cause us to reflect, maybe I need to guard against Satan creeping into my outlook toward the Jewish people? Well, the, uh, the, the, I, I identify 10 stages and uh, spoiler alert, when you read the book, nine of the stages are already in place. Mm -hmm. There's only one stage that I think is not in place yet, which is the last one, which is mass murder of Jews. Mm. And, uh, but I talk about apathy, when, you know, people, it, it, and, and apathy exists in a lot of different uh, contexts, but basically when it comes to Jewish people, uh, you know, the, the, oh, you know, I don't know anybody Jewish, or I don't live in Israel, or my neighbor's not <clears throat> Jewish, I don't live in a Jewish town or neighborhood, so it, it's just not close enough that I should care. So people don't, 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 don't react. Uh, and uh, the big one that I've been fighting for uh, 22 years now is, uh, is either poor or lack of education. Mm. People yeah. don't have a clue. When I hear today that 33% of millennials do not know the meaning of the word Auschwitz, or Holocaust, 33% of millennials. It's, and, and, and the number is actually very high as well in Poland and Germany. Wow. It's not just in America. Or they'll believe the propaganda that the Holocaust never happened. Right. Yeah. The Holocaust never happened. You know, it always, it always makes me kind of laugh and cringe at the same time when in the Middle East, uh, like for instance, somebody like Mahmoud Abbas, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, who did is, he's the leader of the Palestinian Authority. He's the, the he, he did his PhD dissertation on Holocaust denial. So the Holocaust never happened. But in the same breath, they tell you, we're gonna kill you again. We're gonna kill all the Jews yeah. again. So again, Try again, based on that what? Dissertation. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so it's, it's uh, yeah, so apathy, totally lack of education, uh, the reporting. Uh, I, I've, uh, I started uh, gathering uh, data on anti-Semitism in the world in 2000. So this is like going on 22, 23 years now. Uh, the reporting is always either poor reporting, uh, incorrect reporting or no reporting at all. And, and we've come to a place where Jewish people don't even report acts of anti-Semitism anymore because it's like, well, do we really know it's anti-Semitism? There was a man, and I, I, I document that in the book, there was a man that was uh, um, thrown out of his 17th floor window in, in Paris mm. by his uh, Arab neighbor. I, nothing against Arabs, by his Muslim neighbor, I should say. Uh, and uh, the police, it took him a while to determine, like, well, this is probably not anti-Semitism. It's probably just two neighbors uh, arguing. You don't throw somebody through a 17th floor window uh, just like that. And there was another case of a woman thrown out of the second floor window. She died. They both died, actually. And, um, and she was, uh, uh, she was uh, called names by her uh, uh, Muslim neighbor. And in France, if you throw, a, if you kill a pet... You get up to 50,000 euros that you have to pay in five years uh, in prison. That man who killed that woman walked free without a trial. That was, uh, that was about two years ago. He walked free without a trial. And so it's, the Jewish people are feeling, feeling very, in, uh, very unsafe. I mean, they don't know where to go. And that's why they're going back to Israel. 
So what are some of the other the other signs as we uh, move through them? Well, lack of accountability. Yeah, people do things and they're just not, you know, they, and the, the laws are being, uh, there are uh, some uh, some committees are put together, some, some you know, like uh, 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 think tanks, and they go like, oh, what are we going to do about anti-Semitism? They talk about it, they write things down, they, uh, uh, but nothing, it's just on paper. Mm -hmm. It's just like there's, you know, all, uh, all bark, no bite. So uh, a lack of accountability, empowerment. Uh, what, you, what we've seen in the last couple of months with, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I can mention those names on your show, the, the, the uh, like with the, um, well, we're not on YouTube, so I don't know. I mean, we will be. <laughs> we, we, we will be, we will be. We will Wait, be. Just come uh, <clears throat> what, what happened with um, uh, Kanye West? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, is, he, is, is he sick, is he not sick? That's not the issue. What really bothers me is not so much what he said, but what uh, people came to his defense, like, uh, uh, um, uh, yeah. what's her name? Uh, Candace Owens. Candace Owens. <laughs> she came to his defense and she said, well, he's not trying to start another Holocaust, so give him a break. And I, she needs an education, because when Martin Luther spoke ill against the Jews in, uh, of the Jews in their lives, he did not, he didn't have a Holocaust in mind. He didn't look forward to a Holocaust, but Hitler looked back and said, I'm gonna finish his job. Uh -huh. So when Kanye West says, what he said about the Jews, I'm gonna go, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna kill them, I'm gonna go uh, uh, death con three on the Jews tomorrow when I wake up. When he said that, whatever he meant by this, he probably didn't mean another Holocaust, but whoever's coming after him is gonna go like, oh, I'm gonna finish Kanye's job. Mm. That's where we are right now. So we, uh, that's part of the lack of education, uh, and that becomes the, you know, the, the encouragement uh, uh, to kill the Jews. And, and uh, the one thing that I also see uh, 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 Christians need to understand is uh, they're going to have to make, uh, I, I think we live in a time that Christians are going to have to make a decision, am I going to be available to help my Jewish neighbors, my Jewish friends? Because uh, if, if they're not, then we're going to repeat what took place 80 years ago. And We're heading that way. And that example you gave is part of the, of the irrational being seen as rational then, correct? Correct. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so uh, the persecution of the Jews and of the defenders of the Jews is coming as well. Yeah, we are at a place now, if you say that you're pro-Israel, as a Gentile, say, I'm pro-Israel, I, I love the Jewish people, people are going to start judging you as well. I know. Well, you had brought up in your book a series of statistics, and you said the 2022 statistics are out about how much anti-Semitism. Yes. To go on that point you made, how, yeah. what are those statistics? Well, it just came out uh, less than a week ago that 2022 was up by 36%. It was like 3,700 uh, acts reported. That's only what's reported, okay? There's probably more. There is more. But 3,700 in, in the year of 2022 is about 10 a day when you think about it. Here in, in the United, United, States. United, States. United yeah. States. It's the highest, uh, it, it's 36% over 20, uh, 2021, and it's the highest in the history, uh, in the recorded history of the United States. And the United States used to be so pro-Israel. I mean, so many Jewish people are here. Well, as we see anti-Semitism rise in the United States, how do we, as Christians, push back against it? How do we show our support? Because for the it Jewish will keep people? rising. Yeah, we, because we we're going to become yes. outcasts too right. by aligning with the Jewish people. But we should. <laughs> and how do we do that? Well, it starts. It's one person at a time. Uh, I tell people, if you have a Jewish neighbor, uh, you know him or you don't know him, just knock on their door and say, "Hey, I'm your I'm your neighbor, and I just want you to know I'm very aware of what's going on in in the neighborhood." Or because they're like there's flyers being distributed by this this crazy uh, anti-Semitic group called the Goyim Defense League in Florida, and and so so just go to your neighbors and say, "Hey, I'm a Christian. 
I love the Jewish people, I love Israel, and I want you to know that no questions asked. If you ever need anything from us because you're being harassed because of anti-Semitism, we'll be there for you. Start one person at a time. Call the synagogue, call the Jewish community center, say, hey, we, we know what happened. They got, you got a graffiti, you got something. We want to come and help you clean. They might say no, but at least they know that you are a well, friend. Well, in addition, we have learned, and you've shared with us, Olivier, that sometimes the best way to evangelize, in other words, to share the good news, is not by just immediately jiving into a description of our faith, but by building these relationships right. and by showing our love mm. for the Jewish and people. Care. Yeah. And it kind of lowers those walls that have been built up over millennia, quite frankly, yeah. so that they are receptive. Because we know that... Jewish people are not saved by their Jewishness. No. Even though they're chosen by God, there's a special promise held out to the Jews in, in mass, but individual Jews, just like individual Gentiles, must put their faith in the Jewish Messiah, yeah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. And there's that sense of urgency. We, we yes. have to have urgency there. One term, I don't know if we have time for it now, but one term you brought up in the book that I thought was very interesting was the, the tribulation anti-Semitism. You know, so that's, that's looking forward, that's still going. Yeah. So we've got to be saying, you know, we've got to be helping people understand what the future holds too. We've got a problem now, but in the future. It's going to get, get even saved worse. saved before the yes. rapture. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, exactly. get, get the Jewish people saved before the rapture. Right. In, in uh, um, uh, Zechariah 13, 8 and 9, it says that during the tribulation, two-thirds of the Jews will die. Yes. Uh, and what I love about this scripture, I hate a lot about about the scripture that two-thirds will die. But what I love about it is that God did not give us a number. He gave us a percentage. So in other words, it's our job mm. to make that number smaller. It's always <laughs> going to be two-thirds will die yeah. and one-third will survive and refine yeah. as gold and silver. But if we preach the gospel to my people and they are raptured with us before the tribulation, that number will reduce. Jesus because Jesus is going to be gone. It's not 10 million, 5 million. It could be a lot less because he can come with us. Amen. So let's get busy. And Olivia. take the gospel to my, oh, to my Jewish so people. That's a great message. You know, f people need to connect with you in your ministry. How do they do that? And how can they get a copy of your book? It's a really good read. Uh, I, if, they, if they go on there uh, in their Google search and they type at uh, Olivia Melnick, they can connect with me on Twitter. On YouTube, I have a lot of videos. And on Instagram, I have my, uh, my uh, website at newantisemitism.com. And then get and, the book. There. And the book, they can get on my website or they can just go get it on Amazon uh, along with my uh, other books. It's well, a very Olivier, good read, too. It's a very good read. It is a good read. Yeah. And Olivier, we're glad you joined us today. As a matter of fact, we look forward to the day when Zechariah 8.23 is fulfilled. And until then, guys like Dave and Nathan and I will continue to grab a hold of you on a regular <laughs> basis. So come back, brother. Anytime. Shalom. Shalom. And Dave, of course, we're glad that you were here with us today. Uh, you're going to be a more regular participant in our conversations. I'm just thrilled to be able to come here and help with this and do the ministry because people need to know the day we're living in and, and know yes. how to respond and what to do. And, and this is a perfect message for that because we have time. And why we have time, we need to take advantage of it. We certainly Amen. do. Our theme today has been the normalization of anti-Semitism. In recent weeks, unrest in Israel has dramatically revealed hard attitudes in America and exposed what Olivier calls incorrect reporting and demonization of the defenders through antagonism toward the Jewish people and Israel as a state. I'm referring to the effort on the part of Israel's ruling coalition, led by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, to rein in the unchecked power of the Israeli Supreme Court. To be sure, many Israelis are up in arms over this proposed change to the status quo. But American media outlets have not accurately conveyed the cause of the political turmoil. Unlike America, Israel lacks a written constitution. 
Like Great Britain, it relies instead on a widely accepted set of practices that form the basic structure of government. Obviously, Israel has an elected parliament called the Knesset, made up of 120 members. Every Israeli citizen, Jew, Arab, or otherwise, is able to participate in electing Knesset members, a level of democracy that is virtually non-existent throughout the broader Middle East. The leading party, and realize that Israel has many small political parties, selects a single person who will serve as prime minister, but only after they have assembled a coalition that signifies a majority. So although the Likud party has only 32 of the 120 seats, its leader, Bibi Netanyahu, was able to assemble a solid coalition that would be considered conservative within the political spectrum. The Supreme Court, on the other hand, is made up of 15 judges who are selected by a 10-person Judicial Selection Committee, with a majority of the committee representing the legal community. Over time, the process of appointing justices to the Israeli Supreme Court has become what we used to refer to as a self-licking ice cream cone in the military. Not only is the Supreme Court immune from political influence, it has granted itself absolute dominance over every other branch of government and even independence from its own legal precedents, known as stare decisis. Ruling according to an arbitrary and self-defined reasonableness standard, the Supreme Court has upended the legislative process of Israel's elected leaders and hamstrung its prime minister, unless their laws and policies adhere to a liberal or progressive ideology. The conservative majority in the Knesset, duly elected by the increasingly conservative Israeli electorate, has tried to assert a balance of power with the Supreme Court. I'll leave the outcome of this so-called constitutional crisis to the Israelis, but our own media and government elites, overwhelmingly liberal in their worldview, have violated long-established precedent to try to sway the domestic policies of a democratically elected ally. Why do they assert themselves into Israel's internal affairs? For the same reason that Israel is treated with condescension and scorn by many of the same liberals throughout the West, a form of soft anti-Semitism. This is also why anyone who stands with Israel is increasingly ridiculed and condemned. Taken together, this incorrect reporting and demonization of the defenders threatens to undermine support for Israel in America and contributes to rising overt anti-Semitism. Do not be deceived. The same folks that endorse unelected judges undermining Israel's right of self-determination want to bring back judicial activism here as well, as long as it serves a leftist agenda. Israeli leaders recognize the tremendous support they receive from evangelical Christians. We need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and honor God's covenant with Abraham by blessing the Jewish people in Israel and beyond. Well, we pray our dialogue has both challenged and blessed you today. God has not washed His hands of the Jewish people. As Paul wrote, He gave them the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple services and the promises. Paul was emphatic that God has not rejected the Jewish people. Instead, by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Do you understand your opportunity, your privilege, and your responsibility to make your Jewish friends and neighbors jealous? How do you do that? By demonstrating the blessing of being reconciled with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by loving and obeying our Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Certainly, He still has plans and promises to be fulfilled for the Jewish people. Thankfully, more and more Jews are coming to recognize Yeshua as the Messiah who has come and is coming again.
And one of the ways Lamb and Lion Ministry fulfills our mission is by proclaiming the gospel and the message that Jesus is coming soon to Jews and Gentiles alike. We also support several ministries aimed at sharing that message with Jews and even with Israel itself. And so we'd like to invite you to become a prophecy partner. Help us in this effort. For only $25 a month, you can support the outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries, extend a blessing to those ministries, to the Jews and Israelis, and make an eternal impact. And as a partner, you'll receive regular reports and special gifts from us. Just visit our website or call the number you see on the screen. Well, that's our program for today. Join us again next week. Until then, look up and be watchful, for our Jewish Messiah is drawing near. Godspeed. Godspeed.